down and listen to records Smell the cover, read all the verses Tell me about your favorites on vinyl and vision Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Vinyl and Vision. I am your host, Jimmy Drab. Welcome. Tonight's guest is John Roman. John Roman is the drummer for the band Microwaves from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are listening to the show, you will be listening to a selection off of the 2018 Via Weightlessness album released by 31G. Uh, If you're tuning into the video, you hear no music. Sorry. Uh, you know, this is on YouTube, and so, uh, there's licensing issues with music, so I can't use any music in the video. And, uh, John's a super cool man. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk with him about Voivod's, uh, fourth album, Dimension Hot Tross, which is kind of a cool metal-ish record. I say metal-ish, because Voivod's not really totally metal. They're, I mean, they're totally metal, but they have, uh, the music is a lot more sophisticated than just that, so... We get into it, listen to it, you'll figure it out, you'll, you'll hear what we're talking about. And uh, otherwise, I uh, just wanted to announce very quickly here and uh, very proudly say that uh, Psychic Static has uh, released its first record by its first band, uh, The Hammer Party, which features uh, Dan St. Jakes, who was a previous guest on Vinyl and Vision, uh, from Landed and Olyville Sound System and uh, other bands like that, uh, Six Finger Satellite. And uh, Joe Propertier uh, is a drummer. He, he was in the band Scarce. Uh, he was in Silver Apples for um, a brief stint, I suppose, uh, I've been told. And uh, the Beavis Front. Um, Andy Newman from, uh, he was in the band Glazed Baby. And uh, Justin Sylvia. I hope I said that right, Justin. If I, I'm sorry, I apologize. But uh, Justin is a, uh, this is his first band, actually. But, um, he does great. It's great work. It's a great album. It's available now through Bandcamp. Uh, the digital is available now in its entirety. And the vinyl presale is currently up there. This is my cat, Kristoff. Hi, buddy. Um, yeah, the, uh, the vinyl is available for presale right now. So if you buy the presale, you get the full-length album digitally downloaded for free. And, uh, and the shipping is free, too. We uh, will mail it USPS Media Mail for free when it comes in. Expected date is January 30th. It could be earlier than that. And if it is, it will go to you then. Hands down. No questions asked. Uh, and I mentioned that album because uh, I've been working with John on that record. He helped uh, with the artwork, the, uh, the logo design, the, and the layout of the album. And uh, so it was a really great pleasure to work with him and to be able to speak with him today on the show about a really cool record. So, without further ado, here is my talk with John Roman. I want to loosen my nerves a little bit. Wait. You don't want to get crazy. I mean, if you want to get crazy, we can get crazy, but... Because <laughs> I, I, I kind of forget to, like, you know, that some people do not get crazy and uh and especially you know doing the the zoom thing like doing like the video conferencing like who knows who knows what you what you feel like you know yeah well i'm 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 ready all right throw it at me throw it at me (laughs) all right (laughs) so um because we're talking about your art and um from what i've seen i really like 
have you done all of the artwork for for your bands or did you just start doing that recently uh it's something i've just started doing okay um like that that microwaves uh, record yeah the most recent one that's actually via weightlessness yes yeah no it looks great so how did you do this uh, most of what you see are actually pieces of little, uh, like model parts and antenna parts. I mean, like actual photographs of them. Oh, really? Merged together. Yeah. Oh, cool. So somebody else asked me about that. They wanted me to draw something for them, and I was I had to explain to them that I didn't draw that. Oh, I, I see. Put that together from photographs of real things and sort of put a bunch of filters on it and kind of eventually bent it into that shape right oh cool that's so funny i mean i can't i can't tell i mean like it looks like drawn right. pretty wild man so you um <laughs> so this is your first attempt making uh artwork for a record um, or have you done other ones let me, let me think i've done I've definitely done the layouts for other things, but I think that was the first one that I went and did everything for. Oh, okay. Yeah, you because know, like some, some of the other things that I've done, it, it'll it'll be a photograph. Right. So I'll just assemble everything around that. Would you Would you prefer to just be doing this like all the time? Uh, no, because then it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, but uh, do you consider yourself to be like an artist, like a visual Somewhat. artist? Uh, I, I I went to school, but I really haven't done much in years. I just sort of dabble now and again. I see. Okay. You know, like uh, like I I think to do something like like that album cover probably takes me a lot longer than it would for somebody else. Yeah, right. You know, I, I, I can get there, but it's just going to take a lot longer since I'm so out of it. Right. But, like, do you have that physical ability to actually, like, you know, draw and paint or anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You just, because you, yeah, you just use the computer, so therefore whenever you do something by hand, you have to render it into the computer and then, you know, work with it from there. Right, right, right. But, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I can pick up a pencil and, you know, I don't know, draw, you know, draw a chair that's in the room or, you know, a coffee mug or mm -hmm. kind of a person, you know, I mean, that's more difficult. Yeah. Well, did you do what's behind you in your room there? Oh, no, 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 no. You mean this over here? Yeah, yeah. No, my, my friend Jeff did that, but I used, I used to live with him. Oh, okay. And, and we, we played in some bands together years ago. Um, I didn't even realize you could see that on there, but yeah, he, he did that. Yeah, I can't see all of it, but I, I see a good portion of it. I mean, it's pretty pretty cool looking. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's, it's uh, something to behold. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bet it looks much better in person. I wish I, I could be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're in Pittsburgh, I wish right? I too. Yeah, no, I know, man. I that, that was the plan from the beginning doing this show, but now COVID fucked everything up. Yeah. So uh, how how are you? Well, how is that treating you anyway? How is your your uh, pandemic 
is fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I go to work and I'm, for the most part, the only person I have to deal with. Oh, okay. That makes but it most easy. Most of my clients pay me by check or they pay me online. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there might be like, you know, somebody that has like four different properties that I manage and they just send me a check once a month. Right. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. So uh, you're in Pittsburgh, correct? Yes. Cool. How's Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's nice. Yeah. Have you? Uh, were, are you a Pittsburgh native, or did you move there? No, I, I'm I'm from here. Oh, so like I'm from from the suburbs, and um, I'd say maybe 25 minutes to a half hour away. Yeah. So what's the scene like? How how I mean like I mean I know that shows aren't really happening right now or anything like that, but I mean in, in general, how's the how's the scene in Pittsburgh? I've only been there a few times. Uh, as far as what? Like you know your okay. music scene, your music and art scene. Uh, it's all right. I mean it's it's uh there are things that are definitely more popular than other things. Yeah. Um, like like it's you know I think right now Pittsburgh is pretty punk centric. Oh, okay. So, there's there's a lot of you know, a lot of crazy punk rock. Uh, a lot of shows that happen for that. So, so you're doing pretty well over there. Like, uh, I mean, you know, of course, in a non-COVID world, shows can happen and stuff. I mean, microwaves are doing pretty good over there, and Night Vapors, and uh, which other bands? We, we um. We did okay in the past year or two, mainly because a lot of the shows we ended up on were bigger shows. Yeah. So for for the most part, like like the past year that we were playing in Pittsburgh, they were mostly bigger shows, like you know, opening for Daughters. Oh yeah. That's which, cool. You know, it was it was in this theater, and it was probably almost sold out. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, so, they've been killing it. Yeah, so, so like, I mean, we probably only played, like, maybe four or five shows total in 2019 that were in Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, you've just been touring for the most part? Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of regional touring. Like, like um, you know, maybe it's just Chicago, like, Midwest stuff, East Coast. Right. You could, yeah, yeah you, you guys have been through Providence often. I feel like I've seen you guys all the time. Like, it's like the microwave's name has been here fairly often. Yeah, Providence is always good. Yeah, no, I bet. I mean, especially for the style of music. I mean, that's kind of something that thrives here, I think. Yeah, I mean, those people get it. Um, I mean, not everybody is going to, but I, I, I don't know. I just think there's something in the water up there. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I, I don't. I don't. I can't put my finger on it either. But uh, I mean, we just have a good. Um, we have a a, a a good scene. You know, a lot of good bands, a lot of good musicians. Uh, you know, I mean, because I think yeah. that you kind of got connected to some of the Providence scene through some of the same bands that I'm friends with, like uh, the guys from Arab on Radar. Obviously, back in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, when they were still together. Yeah, mid '90s. Mid '90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I know those guys since '96. Oh, all right. Yeah, my my first band started playing shows with them, and those were the first times that I had gone anywhere and played out of town. Yeah. Because of those guys. Oh, really? 
Yeah, they, 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 they helped us out a lot. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, Steve says hi, by the way. Who does? I'm sorry? Steve. Steve Meadows says hi. Oh, you talked to him recently? I, I, was, I was texting him earlier today, and he, he said to make sure to tell you that he said hi. Oh, well. Even though he could probably walk to your house, <laughs> uh, which I cannot. Yeah, well, he's actually in Providence. I'm, I'm in West Warwick, so it's, like a, it's almost a half-hour drive. So I mean, oh, okay. he, he could walk it, but he probably wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, he wouldn't want it. <laughs> no, no, hell no. Uh, just to see my ugly mug? No. Why, why would he do that? <laughs> cool, man. Well, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your band, so uh, and your your um, you know your musicality, like kind of where you where you grew up from, like musically speaking. Like uh, you're the drummer for Microwaves. Yeah, huh. and then there's there's also Brown Angel, which is off and on, depending on uh, when our guitar player singer is in the country or not. Oh, that makes things difficult. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's cool when it happens. Yeah. So we, we, we never get sick of it. Right, right. So then, uh, so the Microwaves is, your, is the, the main band for you, basically? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, um, so you're the drummer for Microwaves. When did you start playing drums? I probably started playing drums in 95, I think. Okay. And w did you play anything before then, or was that, that your first instrument? Uh, I just kind of dicked around with guitar and bass. And uh, friends of mine and I were starting a band, and we were always looking for a drummer. And we couldn't find one, and there just happened to be some pieces of a drum kit in the basement that we were practicing in and I knew how to play drums well enough that I figured oh okay I'll just be the drummer until we can find one mm -hmm. and then it just it just ended up being that I was the drummer drummer by default yeah I was the drummer by default I just <laughs> stayed that way so yeah do you mind that I mean did you we, prefer like did you aspire to just kind of be more of a like bass or guitar player or something like that uh, at first I did. I, you know, like I said, I, I dabbled a little bit, but I wasn't very good. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think maybe I was, at my best, I was probably able to play around with things enough to get my idea across to other players in the band. Right, right. Well, you're a great drummer. I mean, from what I'm hearing off the new record, or the newest record, I should say. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, no, very, very good, uh, good work, you know. Uh, obviously, you have influences from like kind of metal and punk and thrash, kind of. Yeah. Little avant stuff too, like uh, some Captain Beefheart is in there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 So, um, so uh, actually, when when the record that you chose for tonight was uh, Voivod's Dimension Hatros. Yes. I don't know if I pronounced that exactly correctly. I have a horrible French accent. <laughs> I don't know if you did either. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Well, actually, um, you know, one of the facts is that um, their their drummer uh, Michel Langevin, Langevin, Langevin yes. uh, who's also known as Away, uh, is the the uh, the main artist for the band. It has been since the very beginning, actually. And right. uh, I guess it was. Uh, I thought. I, well, actually, I guess I might be wrong here, but it says that uh, it was pronounced by. Singer Snake, 
Denis Belanger in French as the word uh, atroce, meaning terrible or horrible. So it was kind of a, a mix of uh, the word hate, which is where the hot, hot trust comes from. I've never known that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I fucking try to do some research and try to figure out stuff about these records. Um, so, yeah, it was basically a mix of uh, the word hate and uh, atroce in French, I guess, meaning terrible or horrible. So, oh, like an atrocity. Correct, exactly. So, but it's, it's their own made-up word, but you get okay. the picture, yeah. So, um, yeah, crazy, man. Uh, I've heard about Voivod for a very long time. And I never really got into them. Actually, uh, Paul Vieira from uh, Chinese Stars and uh, Psychic Graveyard. Oh he's, yeah, I knew Paul. Yeah, he, I'm sure you've met him on a few few occasions. But uh, he's he's been a good yeah. friend of mine since like '98, and um, he's always been a massive like metal fan. You know. Oh yeah, we've we've talked a bunch about like uh, '80s metal, thrash metal. Oh, I bet, I bet, because yeah. he gets into it. Yeah, Paul really likes Exodus a lot. Yeah. Well, he's the I one that told. Creator. Okay, yeah, because he's the one that told me about Voivod. I remember, and I, I kind of, I, I assume it was in like '98, and I was like 18 years old, and I didn't really know a lot about metal. I mean, like my only metal experience has probably been like Metallica, and Iron Maiden, uh, all all the big ones, you know. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so he told me about them. And he was just like, "Oh, you got to listen to Voivod," and so I was just like, "Oh, okay." I end up in the record store looking for Voivod, and like the only thing I found in the used rack was uh, their album Nothing Face. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess was a good learning experience because it turns out from what I've learned now is that that's actually their best-selling record. Like, that was one of their most popular ones. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they had a pretty big major label push behind that one. Right. Uh, They they were on uh, NCA records for that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, distributed by them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and I don't, re- I just, I just remember not really caring for it too much. Like, I just wasn't kind of blown away by it. Um, I yeah. actually try to listen to it again today just to kind of like revisit it and just see, you know, what do I think of this record? Because I, I actually like this one. I like Dimension Hot Dress a lot, actually. So, yeah. uh, listen to it again. And yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good record. I mean, Little different than than this one, Dimension Hatros, but um, but it certainly has its its moments and its uh, its appeal, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's not straight metal, you know, like. No, certainly not. Yeah. So, what was your what was your first experience with Voivod like? Uh, I was probably about fifteen when I was starting to get into metal. And, you know, it's like, like you mentioned, like Iron Maiden, Metallica, kind of all the obvious entry points. Yeah. And uh, there's some kids in school that, you know, were, were turning me on to some, some other more obscure bands like Creator, Merciful Fate, and, uh, you know, Venom, things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, they always seemed pretty, pretty good to go to as far as, you know, what to check out next. And I heard one of them say something about Voidlock one time. And I asked something about it, and they, they said, "Oh, well, they have a new record out. It's it's not so good. It's just it's just too weird." Oh. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I, I really won't waste my time then." And then somebody else mentioned them a while later. I was like, oh, maybe, "Maybe I should check this band out." And it's funny because I went and bought their first record, which sounds a lot more like a weirder Motorhead. Okay. 
Um, and and I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I was, you know, and then I was thinking, well, how how could this band turn into something that sucks if, if this is this good? Right. And so, so I got to mention Hatros, which happened to be the current record that was out. Um, you know, maybe like a month later. And yeah, sure enough, I, I thought it was weird. And at the time, I wasn't really like totally, totally getting it, you know. It took a few listens for it to click. But ever since that, you know, it was always kind of like, like, a, like a gateway album for me. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, so you were starting to get, get into metal around, uh, 80, 88, that's when this record came out. Yeah, like, like more like 86, though. Well, you were getting into metal in 86. You started to ex- yeah. ex- uh, explore Voivod's catalog by 88 when this album came 88. out. So this is the yeah. first album of theirs that you listened to? No, their first one. Oh, the I'm first sorry. one I listened to. Right, that's what I was just, just looking I up. Figured, well, if, if I'm, I'm going to check out, if everybody's saying their older stuff is better, I'll just check that out and see if maybe I want to go along for the ride for, from there. Right. Okay, so uh, War and Pain was the first record, the first full length. Yes. Okay, because yeah. they, they did some demoing before that, but I'm not really familiar with that at all. I actually haven't heard about oh, any yeah, of that. Oh, yeah, there's extensive demos and a bunch of re-recordings of the same songs and covers. And hmm. Complete its only. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. I've, I've seen that in some of the reading that I've done for this. Um, so you were getting into metal, uh, and you were about 15. So what, like, uh, what kind of music were you listening to before you got into metal? Nothing. Like, nothing? You didn't listen to music, like, at all? Pretty much. Really? Like, what about, like, in the house, like, with the parents and stuff? Uh, there was, my parents listened to stuff, but it was all, like, 50s music. Oh. Wow, so... You know, it was all, it was all like, Chubby Checker and... Stuff like that. So then, how did you discover metal? Because I mean, for, from from an experience of like not really being exposed to much of anything rock oriented, like how did you get right into the metal stuff? Uh, it was the eighties, so I was really into video games. Okay. And I was hanging out with kids that hung out at arcades. Okay. And I was hanging out because of the video games. And because of that, I picked up on heavy metal. Oh, okay. Huh. So then, so there's some kids that you see at the arcade often, like on a recurring basis, and then they start, what, dropping you like mixtapes or something? Be like, hey, you should listen to this. Oh, yeah, they, they, you know, and like, like they would have their radio with them, you know, like they'd have their boombox and like, you know, would hang out, you know, on, on the curb out front and they would play your tapes. Oh, okay. Um... But yeah, but before that, I mean, I had sort of like a very, very casual interest in music. It was kind of like I'd hear a song by Run DMC and think, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. You know, but never really like think too much about it, you know, too much about it to pursue it. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I'd hear something like Twisted Sister and think, God, that's that's really funny, but there was nothing musically that clicked with me. Mm-hmm. And so, so I was like, oh, 
Heavy Metal Stupid, and I just kind of wrote the whole thing off based off of, you know, bands like Twisted Sister and Motley Crue. Right. And maybe about a year or two later, someone played me some Iron Maiden stuff, and then I was like, oh, this is like, this is like playing Dungeons and Dragons with my, you know, friends in study hall. Yeah. I was like, oh, I get this. This is like comic book. This is like science fiction movies. Right, right. Oh, that's funny. Huh. So so then that must have been like a quite a culture uh, shock to, to maybe even your parents and your family because you must have become like a metalhead now. Now like you're, you're oh, getting big, it in. Big time. Yeah, you get like what, the, the ripped up denim and like growing the hair long, stuff like that or? Yeah. And I, 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 had, to, I had to hide my music too. Yeah, did you, was it like your parents didn't agree with it? They didn't think that you should listen to it? Uh, I wouldn't say that we, I, we had a Christian household, but maybe some leanings where they, they thought they were? They had some kind of formality, religious formality yeah. type thing. They didn't think yeah, it was, it was it, proper or pure to, to listen to metal. Yeah, it just wasn't going to fly in, in that household. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see that. I mean, metal is one of those things. It's a, it's a very much a, um, it, uh, a dividing factor between people, you know, like, yeah, because metal is like a way of life really. Right. I mean, for some people, yeah. I mean, like, like the guys that you were hanging out with in the arcade, I mean, those, those guys were metal heads, right? They were like right, all right, in. Right. So, I mean, like yeah. if you, they if you, I was just a nerd. Right. Okay. That's the difference. But but yeah. you could see the influence. You could see like what was so special about it, and what was good about it, without becoming completely immersed in that world. Right, right. Yeah. So then, what was uh, like? So aside from metal, like what what else were you starting to get into in in that those years of your life? You mean uh, musically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Like you know, because so you found you discovered metal, but obviously you have a lot more influences and in, of music. You obviously based on the suggestions that you, you offered to me, like, you know, you obviously have a pretty eclectic, uh, like, blend of music that you like to listen to. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, during those years in high school, it was pretty much all metal, because that was all I knew about. Right. And I didn't even really start to get into punk until I graduated from high school. Oh, because okay. that, that was another thing too that was like like the only thing I heard was like maybe like a song by the Sex Pistols and to me I, you know I was already into like Celtic Frost and things like that so hearing the Sex Pistols just sounded like the Rolling Stones to me yeah huh. but then you know the, the probably those years between like you know 1922 that's when I really started you know, not having to listen to uh, other people to go find music. You know, I was I was taking a lot more chances and just kind of started going to the independent record stores around town and you know flipping through the records and just seeing what looked cool and looking through the thanks list and trying to see what what other people that, that they associated with so I could go, you know, make a mental map right. and go to the next thing. You know, yeah. So so it was like it would be like. All right, you have you have uh, a band like Celtic Frost, who is on Metal Blade and Combat Records, who toured with a band 
that was maybe on like earache records and then like Godflesh was on earache records but they may have done like something like I don't know like a Sonic Youth cover or you know like like this is just all like sort of like a, like um kind of theoretical I'm saying you know mm-hmm. yeah like, right like that, that sort of sort of map. Right, right, yeah. I did the same, but, like, you know, kind of watching interviews and stuff, like, on NTV, and, like, you know, I'd find out, I'd listen to bands, and either through print or through MTV, and just, you know, make a note of whatever they said, you know, if, if they were, like, right. oh, you know, I, I, you know, one of my biggest influences, like, was Led Zeppelin, I was just like, oh, okay, Led Zeppelin, I gotta go, f- go listen to it, gotta go find it, you know, and stuff like that, and that's kind of, same thing you know you kind of figure out and then because and that's great too that's a great way to, to learn i think because you know um most of the musicians that we probably both can agree on that we like uh most of the famous ones let's just say have pretty eclectic backgrounds like stuff that they grew up listening to and so if you hear them say anything about like what they liked it's just it's usually a bunch of different random things so when you start exploring because like back when we were kids because i think we're i guess about the same age you know we didn't have the internet so we had to just take a shot and like go to the record store and be like well i heard him say that he likes leonard cohen i'm gonna grab one of these leonard cohen records i'm not sure exactly which one it's gonna be (laughs) right 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 (laughs) which one which one has the song that i like on it you know yeah um it wasn't until maybe like the early to mid nineties that I started going back and trying to uh, double check a lot of things that I might have passed up the first time around. Yeah. Like, like that, that's when I started to get really into Devo. Oh, okay. Devo and Gang of Four, and I always heard of the birthday party, but I could never find any of their records. They were so incredibly hard to find around here. Hmm. Um, so, so there, there, there's. Yeah, well, a lot of those things I started doing some real digging to, right. to find that stuff. Yeah, and were you buying stuff on vinyl then, or? Yeah, mostly CD at that point. Yeah. Was... But, but, but I would buy stuff on vinyl if that's how I found it, because I knew that I probably wasn't going to find another, another uh, format. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, so I mean... Are you are you a big vinyl collector now, or are you still kind of like? Really, I, like I would say my collection is modest. Yeah. You know, like I, I might have anywhere between like five to eight hundred records, where I know there are other people that I know that have just thousands. Right. Yeah. You know, they they, they had to set aside a whole room in their house just for their vinyl. Right. Yeah, I'm not quite there either. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just I just foster the records. I don't I don't really hang on to them for very long. Okay. Yeah. Um, so now let's um, let's get into the the record a little bit. All right. So, Dimension Hot Tross is the fourth studio album by Voivod, Canadian heavy metal band. Um, it's not totally fair to say to call them just heavy metal. I think they're they're really a prog rock no. band. They're, they're kind of prog, kind of punk. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one of the, the things that I found cool about Dimension Hatros, and it also kind of opened me up into the idea of checking out other things, was that there was this weird melding of things that you wouldn't normally have thought went together at all. 
Right. Because you, you wouldn't, especially at that time in the late 80s, you wouldn't have thought like, oh, like guys that are into Yes and Pink Floyd are also into bands like, you know, Nausea and Anticlimax. Right. You know, and looking like this, you know, this pretty, like, you know, punk rock. Yeah. But there it was. It was all happening at the same time on that record. Right, right. Yeah, that rec- this record especially. I mean, because, you know. Yeah. I mean, but they, they seem like they were really kind of a, a, um, an amazing band because they, they, I don't know, like, from what you were saying about, you know, being introduced to them around 88 and, uh, and being into metal, they're, like, for any, like, metal fan, which I think the majority of their, their, their fans are, they're not straight metal and like every record is it seems a little different you know like from what i know about this record from what i know about nothing face and then even listening to some of their newer stuff like uh, i heard a, a couple of selections off their last record the wake yeah um are you familiar with like the majority of their catalog or is it just like these couple of records oh yeah very much so okay all right because yeah like I, I heard some stuff off the wake today and i'm just like jesus christ it's like a like full orchestra type like they have these like horn sections and it's like uh, oh, oh yeah it sounds like a musical score it sounds like this big theatrical production you know yeah there's there's a couple of the songs that have string sections and then there's a re-recorded I wouldn't say it's re-recorded but they just took the same mix and added a horn section oh, okay. for an ET right was was that because they um they were playing at a jazz festival. They're yeah. playing the Montreal Jazz Festival, I think, right? Yeah, and it, and it turned out really well, and they kind of had people demanding that they go back and record that version. Oh, okay. So they so they basically took the existing mix and just got the horn section in there and mixed them in. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, um, that, that... I, I, I like that version better, anyhow. Oh, do you? Yeah, I'm not really glad they did that. You're not really glad, or you are really glad. Oh, I am. I am really. You do glad. like it, okay? Yeah. So um, that that leads me to to wonder. Um, so Voivod ends up playing the Montreal Jazz Fest, um, which seems like a pretty strange venue for them to be be taking part of as a, as a you know quote unquote metal band. So right. was there is there some arena that you are not um, directly connected to that you would like to participate in like that at some point? I really don't know. I mean, it's 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 more that sort of thing seems like a, it happens on the, the other end. Yeah. You know, some someone comes knocking at your door. Right. Well, because microwaves is is a is, uh, I don't know, categorized as like a noise rock band, I guess. Right. Right. You have, but you have like prog elements as well. You have metal elements. You have some some punk elements. Um, and from what I understand of like being a, a noise rock fan, I mean, I feel like the majority of the noise rock fans are, you know, of a collective variety. Like no one just listens to noise rock. Everyone kind of right. listens to a lot of stuff. So yeah. um, like, well, how do you feel about like mixing bills? Oh, we do it all the time. Yeah, like what's some weird bills that you've, that you've been on before? Um. Oh Christ! Uh, well, I mean, like, we, we open for the frogs. 
Oh, really? One time. When yeah. was that? That was maybe 2002. Okay. 2001, maybe. All right. Maybe even 2000. I don't know. Okay. It was but one of our one of our first shows, actually. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was very early on. But uh, trying to think some other other oddballs. I mean, we've yeah we we've kind of shared bills with just about a little bit of everything. I'd, I'd say except maybe country. Oh yeah. Well, do you think that's that the one thing? Yeah, that's probably the one thing that doesn't work and is probably never going to happen. Yeah, you think? There's yeah. some, there's some kind of like newer outlawish, like not outlaw, but outlawish kind of like you know country like country rock like uh what about like drive-by truckers or something like that i mean they're not really like country but they have a an americana like folky feel to it yeah I, it's, it's, especially if uh if it were to happen around here mm-hmm. there are plenty of other people to already associate and kind of right. strengthen that bill with with those bands that you know they, they wouldn't need to reach out to us oh yeah yeah no i know but i mean like that's kind of like it, it's it's a the, like the fantasy, like the fantasy lineup, like you know, if you could be put up, put up on a bill with like a, like a country band that you like, you know, what would it be? Uh, I, don't, I really don't like any country. Oh, you don't like country? Okay. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I just I just figured. I mean, what like what you know, yeah. but like a, but some kind of weird genre, like uh, you know, com- com- compared to microwaves, like uh, you know, like like a hip hop band or, or hip hop group. Oh yeah, we we. We've done that once or twice. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if it worked well, but it wasn't disastrous. Right. Yeah, it depends on the audience, you know? I mean, like, and that's the thing, is this, like... I mean, like I was saying, I think that the noise rock fans in general are pretty open-minded. I think that they're pretty, pretty eclectic bunch. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would love to see that more. You know, more, more mixing of bills, oh, yeah. mixing of genres... I think it makes it more interesting, but I guess, you know, some people prefer to, you know, keep it in the same lane. They do, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, let's see, uh, Dimension Hot Trust, there's, uh, do you have the vinyl of this? Yeah. You do? Okay. Because, um, I only was able to listen to some of the digital files for it, like, uh, there's the expanded edition that's on iTunes right now. Okay. And that has the bonus track of the Batman theme song. Oh, yeah. Which the vinyl doesn't have, right? Right, that wasn't on the vinyl. Okay. That was on, but that was on the original CD version that came out that same year. Right, right. So, yeah, um... And it's, it's on every, every re-release uh, digital version that's been, you know, since. Right, okay. Um, so I tried to just kind of focus on the first eight tracks. You know, I try to kind of like listen to it as if I was only listening to the record, like the original release. Right. So, um, yeah, man, pretty pretty good. Um, let's go ahead and try to put on a, a track. Man, I, I gotta say, like, I would prefer to listen to it on vinyl. I really would. Like when mm-hmm. Steve was here and we were doing Chrome. Um, do you, do you know that album? The uh, oh yeah yeah Half Machine Lip Moves. Yes. It's a. It, it was a motherfucker. Like it really is a good sounding record, like on vinyl. Because I was listening to the digital stream, like I was listening to it on earbuds and stuff, and it's not the same. It doesn't. It didn't have the same power behind it. 
That's strange. I, yeah, it's, I've never been able to find a vinyl copy of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he told me I'm probably going to have to resort to, you know, getting a, a, one of the reissues, but I don't know. Right. I, I don't I don't actively search for records. I mean, like, I, I actively search for records as a, as a record salesperson. Like, I sell the records. So, yeah. still extremely hard to come buy that record, you know, like, I, I never I never see it. Whether it be original. There's a lot of surprises when you find them. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, like, I, I have found some cool things, like, you know, uh, over the past few years and you know nothing that I'm compelled to keep but it's definitely cool to be able to kind of be exposed to all of this music you know and just find some stuff right. that's really great so um so yeah you want to do you want to put that on Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's why you chose it, because it's one of your favorites of all time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you mentioned Chrome before. Yeah. As well. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's because of a band like Boybot, they kind of opened the floodgates to all this other stuff for me. Chrome was one of those bands. Yeah. Um, because at that point, you know, I, I never really heard any band that sounded quite like Boybot. Right. But I knew there had to be something out there that kind of eventually built up to that. So right. I was always, you know, searching for those things and I would start reading interviews and Chrome was one of the bands that I saw Voivod mentioned one time. It was like them, it was Decroitzen, um, oh. and maybe a few other bands. But uh, so, so it was like I would go and go back and look for those records. Oh, try to cool. find them. And, Chrome was one of the ones for years I just couldn't find. Like I almost thought it was like, kind of like this like joke that someone made it up. It was it was so <laughs> difficult to find. Yeah, right. And That's then Touch funny. and Go did that reissue of the two albums on the one disc. Oh, okay. So I, I got that, and that was, that was my my Chrome intro. Nice. And yeah, I, I definitely saw the parallels between them and Boybot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. You can probably find a lot of parallels between a lot of bands in Voivod, really, which is kind of one of the most intriguing parts about him. Because, um, you know, so I was, I was telling you how Paul was my introduction to Voivod. He told me I, got, I should listen to it. And I didn't know what to grab. I ended up grabbing Nothing Face. And, and you know, I wasn't really turned on by it at the time because I was too young to really understand it. But, um, you know, listening, listening back to that today and listening to this album... Uh, over the past couple of weeks, I'm just like, yeah, this is a pretty like, really like innovative metal band, you know. I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm 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 still not a huge metal fan, so I still don't know a lot of the bands that are their contemporaries. Like, um, I guess they had done a lot of shows with like. Uh, but well, I know during the '80s they did a lot of touring with Celtic Frost and Creator. Celtic Frost, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, there, there was a lot of shared uh, happenings between those three bands. Right. Because yeah. they, they were all on the same record label. Oh, okay. But so, like, I think that Celtic Frost is probably 
a much more like mainstream like metal band like they don't really mix it up too much at least not as much as Voivod right uh I would say they, they kind of did um, okay but they didn't have quite uh, as an extensive catalog yeah you know they, they mixed it up pretty pretty good between maybe like four records but you know they, they really didn't have too much beyond that Whereas Voivod has like something like fifteen records. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, man. Well, um, so let's see. So that song was called "Experiment." First song off this record. Um, thoughts well, the other on that? Thing you might not know is this is also a concept record. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know that. Um, okay. That's that adds another whole layer to them as well. So because it's not just this record, like the whole the first three well this is the fourth one right so yeah so all all of these four records were basically part of the concept right so that's crazily like intriguing too because it's just like that they were so into this this thing that they created because uh even the name voivod actually is uh was basically that character that uh that uh michelle langevin away created Right. right Um, even though even though they got the name from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, was it? I I couldn't I didn't find that information. Yeah, yeah. It was Voivod with an E at the end. So I don't know if it's the same pronunciation or not, but I think they just took the E off because it just looked better for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. But and then and then Voivod the, the Voivod ended up uh, uh mutating into um Krogel? How how do you say that name? Oh, Korgel. Korgel. Yes, Korgel, the yeah. uh, the cyber cy- uh, cyborg mascot of uh, Voivod. Yeah. And so you know, basically, it's the story of that character from the first record through this one. Loosely, I think, uh, but yeah. like, I, I think the records before this one were more of a uh, a loose concept. Yeah. And this one was actually more of a defined thing. It was kind of like an actual story, right? At a beginning and an ending, right? And in between, like in between each song, every every song kind of captured part of the essence of the story. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not familiar with the first three, so I, I kind of can't speak to it. But I know that that there was that progression from uh, from the very beginning. It leads me to to, to wonder now. We were talking about your your art earlier. Um, now you're not necessarily you don't necessarily uh, credit yourself as an artist, but you did do the art for the last micro- microwaves record. And um, I don't think that it's uh, I don't think it, I'll be speaking out of turn by saying that you're actually also contributing contributing art to the uh, the new record by the Hammer Party, which is not out yet. Um, I'm only mentioning this I- now because by the time this is released. We will probably have it announced and probably actually ready for sale. Right. Um, I've contributed artwork to that, but it's it's just more on the uh, the uh, the graphic end. Right. You know, which is just the, the logos and such. Right, but so you don't you don't um, like. Have you done any other artwork for any other records, or are are, are planning to do that, or like aspire to? Yeah, yeah, I am. Like, I, I actually have most of the artwork done for the next Microwaves record already. Oh, okay, cool. 
So the only problem is we need to record it. You haven't recorded yet. No, we we have the songs. Okay. Uh, you know, or or at least you know enough that are going to end up on it. And and I've done the artwork for it, which I I would say the next one is more of a more of a creation of even though I'm still working digitally. I I would definitely credit myself as being the artist for the next one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so you have the songs we haven't recorded yet. I was actually going to ask you if you guys were planning a new record soon because the last record came out in 2018. You know, it's been a, been a couple of years, I guess, almost. Yeah. We, we, we were kind of getting ready to record until COVID hit. Right, right. Yeah, so that kind of put a damper on things. Yeah, and we really haven't done anything since. Well, I mean, you kind of couldn't. I mean, it's not... <laughs> no, that doesn't. Uh, it wasn't for any lack of trying, I'm sure. Yeah. That sucks. Well, so I mean, so what do you like? What do you know about that for for right now? I mean, like, uh, you know, I mean, restrictions are loosening. Um, I mean, I know that so there are some studios that are open. I mean, do you have any like kind of plans to to start doing that like soon or? Well, our concern isn't the studios or places to play or anything like that it's it's more to do with getting each other sick oh okay because I I lucked out uh, job wise being that you know I'm the only person I could deal with on a day to day basis right uh, the other guys in the band not so much yeah you know like like uh, our, our guitar player installs alarm systems uh, and different, you know, electronic things in hospitals and schools, and so there's there's a lot of part of the week where he's around tons of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of high exposure risk. Y- yeah. That sucks. Jesus. Huh. Well. So. So then I guess what you're saying is that you, you kind of have to put it on hold until this thing blows over almost completely, right? Pretty much. Or until yeah. there's a vaccine. Like, I'm not sure how you feel about vaccines or, or whatnot, but... Oh, I, I, yeah, I mean, if, if they have a vaccine, that's that's kind of a... I think that's the only thing that's really going to clear this up. Right. I mean, I, I like any sort of herd immunity seems like kind of a lost cause at this point. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not going to be easy, regardless of how, however it comes. I mean, um, I did hear someone say, and obviously this is not by any scientist by any means, so it's just kind of like hearsay, but um, I heard this guy saying that um, it's like we don't have any experience with pandemics, really, like in our, in our lifetime. Um, right. But it seems that uh, historically, like, they kind of seem to run their course over the course of, like, eight, 18 months. Like, so technically, by what he's saying is, like, okay, so 18 months from when it started, so what is that, somewhere around, like, June or something, like, like next June or something, like, yeah. it would basically kind of, like, you know, peter out and, and kind of, like, even off or something like that, even if they did not develop any kind of, like, medicine for it. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's still a long ass time. <laughs> it's, it's a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to, to fucking be dealing with this life like like this, I mean, 
it's crazy. That's what's like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, so I mean, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and we've already been through. Fuck, how many? It's already been what, like seven, eight months now. Yeah. Wow. Man. Now they're saying there's another wave that's just starting up now. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's fucking. It's so crazy. It's uh, it's the. Yeah. And there, there, New Zealand was supposedly coronavirus free, and now there have been new cases there as of last week. Damn it! That that was my haven. That's where I was going to next. Yeah, can't go anywhere. <laughs> Just sit tight. Yeah, no, I know, man. I'm, Too I'm, much moving around. Yeah. No, I'm not going anywhere, man. I'm hanging. I'm hanging right here. You know, it's yeah. just just me and my family. That's pretty much you it. You got a roof over your head. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Enjoy I, it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like there has been like some shows and stuff. Like people are starting to try to like have these like outdoor shows and stuff like that. That like I've seen happen. Um, I just can't. Like I'm not. I can't. I'm not like I'm not on board because I don't. Like I don't miss it, and I'm not not on board because like. I'm afraid to get sick or, you know, I'm afraid that it's going to be like too, um, too enclosed or, or whatever. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I almost feel like I'm just kind of transitioning out of it, which is kind of not great. You know, like mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't want to go out to a live show right now. I just don't want to go out and do anything right now. Yeah. For, for me, I, I don't want to go and, enjoy or try to enjoy some sort of compromised version yeah right because it's not even enjoyable it, it, like to, to yeah, kind of have to be because it's, it, it, if it's compromised it's, it's just not going to be enjoyable at all right right I'm going to be worried about getting sick and if you know it's, it's like you know someone asked me about uh, playing a show you know few months ago they were saying theoretically like well what if someone could uh set it up so that was you know you guys went there and played and it was like you know uh the right conditions and it was outdoors and it's kind of like yeah but you know i i couldn't in good conscience go and play a show thinking that possibly you know 20 people are going to get sick because i played my drums Right. Even if it wasn't you that got them sick, it was just just the fact yeah, that yeah. they it's, were it's, there it's, because you're there and you're taking part in it. So right. Yeah, man. No, it's a it, it's a motherfucker to deal with. I mean, I don't know. I guess we just wait it out. You know, just wait to see what 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 happens. You know, I mean, I guess it's the only thing we can do, really. Yeah. Unless you're a scientist, you're not a scientist by chance, right? You don't you don't. You know, mix up them drugs, no? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I was hoping. I was just hoping that you might have well, the, the key. No such luck. Alright, well, let's see, let's go, uh, let's try the next song. Tribal Convictions.
which is a pretty cool song. Yeah. Uh, I believe this was a single? It was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um... So, back yeah, to... One, go ahead. That one and Psychic Vacuum were the two singles off of that record. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, um... I was trying to pay attention to the lyrics to, to this album because uh, with it having been, you know, a, a concept album uh, and knowing a little bit about, you know, where they were coming from, I kind of wanted to see, okay, like, how are they doing this? Like, what's, let me, let me really try to focus on this. And um, so this one kind of seems more like uh, uh, Corgal, the, the cyborg uh, mascot. Uh, I want to call him Corgal the Destroyer for some reason. Um <laughs> He, it seems that he's kind of uh, invading or uh, experiencing some kind of like uh, like uh, native uh, ceremonies. Okay. Yeah. Is that is that kind of what you get? Like, what do you what do you think of this song? That, that sounds fair. Uh, I, I'm really not sure of the specifics, or even if there are specifics. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of it is maybe left up to interpretation, but. Uh, I think is what happens in the first song is uh, the main character uh, gets inside a particle accelerator or something like that, oh, okay. and yep. goes into another dimension. Because I, I like, I, I guess the idea overall is that um, there's this guy that's looking for another dimension because uh, he wants to see if there's maybe something better than humanity. Ah, okay. Right. Um, and then he get, ends up going into this other world and finds out that they also have wars and conflicts and all these other bad things that happen. And I think uh, at the end of the whole adventure, uh, he basically learns that, well, they're awful too. <laughs> right. I, I think, uh, I mean, we're not at the end of the album yet but I think that it probably like and you know I don't I don't know for sure because I didn't you know ex examine every lyric but um, probably gets to the point where he just wants to wipe out the the entire world like he just doesn't see any um, any value. Uh, yeah like any value or any like any positive aspect of like the the you know glimpses of humanity that he experiences mm-hmm um, so it's, a, it's a little, little rough, <laughs> but I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of like the sci-fi, you know, storytelling, it's cool. I mean, like I, I can, I can yeah. get on board with it, you know. Uh, especially yeah. so, the next song is Chaos Mongers. Yeah. Which, this is probably my favorite song so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that this is probably my favorite song off the record. Um, and that one is more, um, more dealing with terrorism directly and like terrorists. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, I don't know if they're terrorists or Antifa. Oh, really? Uh, well, see, no, that that's you. You put in the, the the modern day spin on it. See, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Antifa was still around, like uh, in the uh, in the eighties when this was uh, recorded and written, but, um, but I think that's more of a of a today's perspective. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got the impression they were supposed to be like uh, freedom fighters. Okay. Okay. Well, that yeah. 
that makes more sense, I guess. Like if you kind of like uh, use the terminology from the day, you know, from from yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I don't think Antifa was a real it was a thing, or at least uh, it was popularized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it was a sentiment, but not necessarily like a like you know, the like a, the label that it is like today. Yeah, much of like an ethos or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I guess I, I guess the label works. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me let me take a listen to a little bit of chaos murders. I love that chorus. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the uh, the lyrics now, and it looks more like uh, the Chaos Mongers aren't necessarily the bad guys, but but they're kind of misdirected, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had the uh, if the lyric sheet came in the record. Yeah, it does, and it's it's not the most uh, easy thing to to read. Oh, okay. Here. Let me see if I can actually pull up the, I like a lyric sheet, metalstorm.net. Oh. That has uh, all the lyrics for And me, I've just been using Google all this time. Oh yeah, you could do that. I just, uh, I Googled, uh, you know, Dimension Hot Trust lyrics and uh, found a couple of uh, websites, so. By the way, there is a lot of information about this band. Uh, there is, uh, I believe, a fan-made page, voivod.net. I don't think mm-hmm. it's their their official site. It actually has um, uh, links to, um, or actually they they transposed like almost every single interview they've ever done. Like it actually has categories based like from the eighties, nineties, two thousands, and two thousand tens. Yeah, it's like you can find every article that they've ever been in. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool um, pretty cool reference, but it's kind of a lot. Uh, Chaos Mongers, yeah, direct strategy against authority, setting bombs anywhere, terrorists everywhere, phantoms execute what must be their rules, like a spy disappears when the treble is near. So yeah, it's kind of like describing terrorist activity to to a degree. I don't know what the point is, though, because it kind of goes on. Like I don't, I don't know where, where Corgill is in his mind observing these people. Like I know, I know that he's describing them. I know that he's seeing them. But uh, yeah, I can't tell if he thinks they're good or bad or like silly or like mis- misguided. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's this one line that says, um, "Is when people fall down, but they kill the wrong ones." Right. Yeah. So like these like blundering idiots, like they like, they just think that they think they're doing the wrong thing, but they're just like killing people like aimlessly. And, right, like, right, right. Which is true. I mean, from what we know about terrorism, I mean, it seems like that's that's pretty right on. 
because it's yeah. it's never it's never direct it's never it's like they they you know it seems that terrorists in general like you know end up killing innocent people and and it doesn't even provide like any point to what they're doing you know yeah so hmm everybody thinks they're the good guys I mean, it depends on your opinion, right? Like, you're, like what stance you're in. I mean, like, either you're for them or against them. And so if you're for them, then they're like, well, you know, it's like you got to crack a few eggs, you know, if you want to make an oglet type thing, which is not a, you know, that's a pretty stupid adage. But, uh, you know, and then if yeah. you're against them, obviously, you're, you know, you think, well, you know, you're, you're killing innocent people. Like, you're, 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 your aggression is misdirected. You know, it's not, you're not affecting the people that you are specifically, you know, against. It's not like you're at, like, in a war, which is also another stupid thing, where, you know, you have, like, like a, you know, a direct opponent, and, you know, you, and and, then these two sides are directly in conflict with one another on a battlefield, you know, that's kind of like, you know, Uh it's just, it's like, everyone's free games, it's like, I'm just gonna blow up whatever the fuck's near me, and whoever's in there is like, I'm gonna get one of the bad guys, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty shitty way to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, okay, yeah. So, I, so I'm not sure where Corgal is right now. Um, going into technocratic manipulator. Chaos mongers and technocratic manipulators were all like songs that were based on three sets of characters. Okay. Play. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm really not sure what what these people are. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, and unless, unless they're just like like the government or uh, just the sort of you know like like the makers of all all the rules. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. I see what you mean. The owners of everything. Well, it, it sounds like like certainly something that they would want to touch on, uh, considering they're trying to kind of cover all their bases. You know, like yeah. Corgil has to experience everything that there is on Earth. So that is yeah. certainly one of the things that he's going to need to kind of like deal with and like you know um, experience to to determine whether or not you know, this dimension is, you know, worth having for whatever reason, you know, because I, I feel like he wants to destroy our planet. I feel like he wants to destroy this dimension. You know, like, like that's the point. It's like, like kind of like a, like an alien coming down, right? Like, they're, they're, they're here to observe us. They want to observe us because we, we're getting close to fucking destroying ourselves, right? So right. this this civilization that they kind of like fostered, let's just say, let's let, let's get out there a little bit. Okay, so aliens helped foster <laughs> the human civilization, right? So if that is the case, then 
you know, we have these sightings of them because they keep on coming down to kind of just check on us like like parents being like, you guys cool? You guys fucking shit up right now? It's like, okay, because someone made a bomb over here that can fucking wipe you all out. And now all of you have these fucking bombs and you're going to kill yourselves. You're all going to kill yourselves. So, you know, they're here to just kind of make sure that we don't do that. Um, so I, I feel like Korgal is that person. Like, Korgal is that character that's just like, what the fuck are these things? Like, I'm obviously more advanced than these idiots. Like, let me let me yeah. figure out what's happening here. And then when he gets to the end of the record, I feel like that's, it's judgment day, you know? Maybe that's another way to look at it, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know for sure because I don't know the record well enough. But I mean, I think yeah. that that's kind of what he's getting at. Like, you know, based on the artwork, like based on what you see on the cover, you see this guy, like this, you know, very demented cyborg, cyborg thing that looks mean as right. hell. You know, he looks like he's he's not here to play games. <laughs> you know, I mean, like this guy is Are a fucking. Sure? He's a killer. Look at him. He's a murderer. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening with his hand, if that's what it even is. I mean, like, I, I, I think, I think that is. Uh, I think these are either people or their souls, uh, and they're they're going into him. Oh, he's like churning out things. Like this is almost yeah, more, or, more or, of a. Or, or they're coming out, or they're going in there. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not sure. But he's still like a mean motherfucker. He still wants to kill. If, well, if that I, is, I don't know if he's really mean, but uh, he's, I, I would say I would, I would say he's more unfortunate. Well, he's he's definitely not human. He definitely doesn't possess empathy or compassion. Okay, okay. Yeah, like he. he I don't. I don't know. Like going back to the other records, uh, Corgill is on the other records, correct? Am I am I wrong about that, or am I? Uh, yes, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah, because um, I, I, I think I think it's one of those concepts that they, they kind of uh, abandoned after a while. Yeah, and I think it really only only applies to certain songs. Yeah, you know when, when, when it really comes down to it, because there, there there are there are other other songs that are somewhat topical. Yeah, um, but even even so, the artwork, you know, like the artwork for War and Pain, it looks like he's on the cover. Yeah. Um, and then roar, or however right. you pronounce that, it, it looks like that's again. It's like mutated as a tank thing. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, again, I yeah. mean, it's a it's a destroyer thing. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's to be expected with like you know the metal genre, right? I mean, I I guess so. Metal in general, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty bleak, you know. I mean, if it's not if it's not them causing the chaos and the destruction they are emphasizing what kind of chaos and destruction happens and how inhumane or or in like you know that that can be like how much we don't you know agree with this this chaos and this destruction right so this is a little bit of a different story being like okay well there's this guy that causes all this or this machine let's call it that causes all this like uh this uh, destruction and, and whatnot, and this is just his perspective, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Really interesting. A, a bit of a, 
I wish I still had the sticker because the, the, the sticker that was on it yeah. has a sort of like a uh, little bit of like a, oh, oh here it is. It's, it's on the back. Okay. Inside the giant particle accelerator, a beam of protons traveling at near the speed of light meets a beam of antiprotons moving equally fast in the opposite direction. Okay, yada, 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 protons, and mirror image, antiprotons annihilate each other, creating the fiery chaos of parallel micro galaxies. Hmm. Uh, experiment one complete. The Voivod goes into that new dimension, meeting different civilizations and psychic entities, extracting knowledge and energy in the eight programs of the project called Dimension Atros. Hmm. Okay. So he's not, it's not specifically like he's on Earth. He's right. bouncing between dimensions where he sees all of these weird kind of like cultures. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. I think that's more, yeah, that's a little more accurate. Hmm. Okay. But you could definitely be right about the, uh, the ending. Let, let's skip to it. Let's, let's see okay. it. <laughs> Cosmic drama. Were you following along lyrically? Yes. yes. Okay, I was too. You, 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 you know what? I, I, I just wanted to point out that that was another thing that, that, that kind of uh, took me by surprise and, you know, like uh, drew me in about this band. Is I, I never heard anybody sing quite like that with that combination of that cadence mm. and, and that tone. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if I've heard anyone really go for that same thing it was like one of those things where you know when, when i was like you know 16 or 17 when i first heard this i was like, like man these, these guys are on some different shit <laughs> yeah well also they are also french right so right like i kind of i kind of thought about that immediately like like i i knew when i was listening to it like when i first put it on i was just like i'm pretty sure that this band is foreign like i yeah, know that they're singing in english Canadian. They're right, they're French Canadian, but I think I believe French is their their native language, their their first language. Like they they Definitely, speak yeah yeah they speak English and they speak English well from what I've heard of the interviews of them. But um, but I could tell like from listening to it, it's just like this guy's got this speech impediment, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that like I can tell that he's got an accent, you know. Right. So I was just like this guy. This could be like a European band, but you know. I, I'm not sure. I couldn't. I couldn't pinpoint it because at yeah. times it comes through really clear, and so like at times that the vocals are like you know I I you know listening to it, I was just like this kind of sounds like early Metallica, you know. At times, at times it kind of sounds like Bauhaus, you know. Right. And I'm like, okay, like what is the deal with this band? And then I figure out they're they're French, and I'm just like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Like, yeah, it's it's just a, yeah. an accent. Also, they they came from a really. I guess a small town 
right. uh, up in Quebec that was just, you know, pretty removed from a lot of things. And so the, the way they interpreted them, you know, was just all left up to, they were left up to their own devices a lot of the time as far as making sense of, you know, other music scenes in the world. Right. And, and how they were going to present themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds a little bit like like yourself. Their their musical background knowledge, like kind of having to kind of uh, decipher things on their own, like not with very little input. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So so uh, Michel Langevin, uh, also known as Away, is the drummer for the band, and he has mm-hmm. basically been the the sole artist for Voivod from the very beginning. He creates all of right. the art for all of the records. And uh, with that being said, obviously he's kind of like the creator of the Voivod uh, and, and uh, Korgel, the cyborg. Snake, this is the lead singer, uh, Dennis Belanger, uh, had said that the art that Away uh, has created has sometimes influenced the music before it was written. Um, do you had you ever experienced anything like that? Like, I mean, I know that you kind of just got into the art thing recently with microwaves, but. Uh, you were also saying how the artwork for the new record is done and you haven't even recorded the record yet, but the songs are done. Right. So I guess there hasn't really been enough time to kind of experiment with that to see if that could be in reverse or Uh, could you be working on something like that now where, you know, your artwork might influence the band to write music? I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we we really don't work like that. But the thing is, it's whenever I'm working on something, it might take, you know, maybe a year to create that and get it to its, its you know, its end point. Right. Um, so there are things I'm always constantly changing about it hmm. until I'm really, really happy with it. Maybe the music unknowingly has an effect on that. Yeah, well, so because you guys finish the music before you do the art? Well, we could. Well, I mean, with like with like New Record, for example, you're saying that the artwork's done. And the songs yeah. are done, but you just haven't recorded them yet. So the, so the music came first, and then you made the artwork? Mostly. Okay. Yeah, but, but mostly. But, but it's, you know, over the course of maybe like the past, I don't know, year or whatever... It was kind of a kind of a simultaneous thing. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, I was always like, like I had a, a basic idea of what I wanted to do from the, the start, and then I sort of just adapted things. Right. Oh, you know, okay. Like 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 it, it's almost like there's a you begin with a template, and then you go, well, how am I gonna how am I gonna change this to, uh, you know, make it fit this other idea. Yeah. Are you considering like doing anything like um, like are you going to take any kind of like artistic risks like uh, possibly create some like deluxe packaging for like the next record or a record in the future? Oh, I I could. I mean, like it, like if like w- would you guys be interested in creating like a um, like a concept album like this and therefore like with every song you can kind of like have you know additional artwork per song. Yeah, something like that would be great, but I mean, that all it all takes money. Oh yeah, well, I mean, you know, so, if you have if you have the budget and you have the time, you know, obviously, I mean, you you being the artist, and if you're going to create the art, you know, 
that's more of like you know as when you're in a band it's more of a labor of love thing you're not necessarily doing it for the money you're doing it because you guys like to create the art so yeah um and obviously a, a matter of time like you know <laughs> can't just be working right. on it 24 hours a day but um yeah i mean it's ambitious i guess is what word i was looking for something like that yeah i i, I would if uh you know if we had that kind of budget right well, I guess that's Which true. Do not. Right, right. I, I, I guess that's what you meant by, by you know, it costing money is the actual production of the the album, if it were going to be something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I, I would love to do something like that. I just don't really, uh, you know, I like, I, I think the, uh, the deciding on the packaging is what kind of creates the motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I'm starting to, to, to learn a little bit myself. Slowly. Yeah, so so I, 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 I stay focused on what that end result has to be and put everything into that instead of trying to divide it up of like, well, if we had money, you know, if we had the resources. Right. You know, like, like we could also add these other things, but it's, it's better to just kind of, uh, you know, whittle it down right yeah no I, I I mean that makes sense you know um, like I, I keep on forgetting about like you know oh it costs money to make these things it costs money to put a record yeah. out <laughs> I'm just thinking about like you know the um, the artistic integrity and it's just like you know what like I guess like, in an ideal world or just like kind of uh, daydreaming wise like is that something that would be interesting to you oh definitely yeah it, it's just uh, I, I try to have the the end result, though, in in, uh, in mind of like what I'm working toward, mm-hmm. and put all those ideas and kind of focus them in, into that one thing, as opposed to uh, you know not, not worrying about these other things because then they just become distractions. Right. Yeah, I bet. So, um, tell me a little bit about the art for for via weightlessness. I mean, like, um, what what came first, the music or the art for this for this record? Oh, the, the music definitely yeah. came first. Yeah. Now, now, I'm not too... like I mean, I've listened to this record a lot now, but much like, you know, this Voivod record, I, I can't pinpoint every song and details about every, every uh, bit of it, but um, is there a story in here as far as, like, the connection between the songs and the art, or...? No. So no. How, did, how did you come up with the concept for the art? Um... We're just trying to, we're just trying to interpret uh, the title. So why via weightlessness? <clears throat> weightlessness. I'm sorry. Well, that, that we've never done anything that uh, we got the title of a record from a song title before, and so that just happened to be one of the song titles. Okay. And we were looking for a title, and we kept going back to that. That was that was the the favorite amongst us. Yeah. So, so we said, okay, well, that's that's going to be the title. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, obviously, with like uh, with a uh, influence like Voivod on you, I mean, you know, I'm only speaking for you, for you yourself as one member of the band, but um, they obviously have a lot of like love for uh, science fiction and have a lot of science fiction influence on, on their creation that didn't have mm-hmm. was that kind of like what your inspiration was for this I mean considering it's via weightlessness oh, oh. it's like being in space 
Yeah, yeah there, 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 there is, because um, the song, The Weightlessness, is based off of, um, based off of Stalker, which, trying to think of the, uh, you know, I think the movie was called Stalker, the book was called Roadside Picnic. Um, it was, it was, I forget the name of the director, but he's, he's this, this Russian director. Okay. He makes these like, he makes these like three or four, four hour long movies and they're incredibly painful to watch. They're super slow, <laughs> super, super artsy and you really have to interpret a lot um, because he's working on no budget half the time. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, basically it's, it's about people that uh, collect space junk and sell it, sell it off. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, Andre Tarkovsky? Yes, Tarkovsky, yes. Okay. I'm just looking it up right now. Um, yeah, that's it. I used to be a movie buff, but I, I, I don't fucking watch any movies anymore. <laughs> it's my kid's fault, because, you know, they don't want to watch what I want to watch. So it's like... Right. You gotta do what your kid's like. Yeah, and they watch shit. They watch garbage. They do. They watch like fucking YouTube videos all the time. I'm just like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, he's a gamer. It's just like you're watching someone play video games. Great. That's awesome. It's like, you know, and bullshit like that. I'm just like, all this like meme stuff, all this like meme fucking culture shit they have on YouTube now. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, so this wouldn't be their cup of tea, but I mean, I would watch this. You know, because I, I used to work at the Cable Car Cinema, Art House Cinema, you know, so it was, like, all independent and, like, uh, foreign films, stuff like that. So, I've never seen this one, though. It's yeah, just... I, I, the only one I've seen by him is uh, Solaris. Oh, he did that? The original one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, he's kind of specifically okay. a sci-fi guy. Yeah. Nice. So, that was, uh, so this was uh, a lot of the inspiration came from this movie and yeah cool that song did anyhow okay just that song yeah but then that ended up you know kind of grabbing hold of you guys you know deciding that to be the title of the record and then the artwork after that comes from yeah. knowing it's going to call be called via weightlessness and um yeah i mean it has a, a definitely like a sci-fi feel to it i feel like you know looking at it like uh, you were saying, what what are what is this thing that's that's on the cover? It's not. It's photographs of pieces of. Oh, they're, they're uh, yeah. It's just like little, little pieces of uh, just models, like of, like you know uh, canisters and uh, and rockets and engines and things like yeah. that that I found online. Oh, okay. And and for the most part, just assembled them together in a. You know, you mess with the contrast enough. Right. So it kind of almost looks like a complete piece. It doesn't look like a photograph anymore. Well, it kind of it kind of looks like it's like a like a complete piece, like a like it looks like a spaceship, like kind of hurtling yeah. through space. That that's that's the part that of the, the entire cover that took the most time to put together. Yeah. Is I, that little thing, and I mean, I I did that probably, you know, a lot bigger, like. You know, working like full screen, yeah. that thing, and then you shrink it down, right? 
Yeah, because you really want to get some of the detail in there. I mean, it's, it's certainly detailed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful to see it on the 12-inch vinyl, you know. It's, like, nice to kind of hold it up close to yourself. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's great, man. It's a, it's a beautiful piece. I really like it. So, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it looks great. Um, and I'm, so I'm looking forward to hearing the new record when it comes out. Um, this seems like a departure for you, by the way. Like, um, so listening to the majority of the uh, Microwaves catalog, um, I think I probably li listened to all of it by now, like off of Bandcamp. Okay. <clears throat> this one seems like to be the most well-produced yet. Is that is that right? I, I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not to say not to you know discredit any of the other work. I'm just saying, like you know, uh, yeah. like audio-wise, uh, it seems to be the the most. Uh, sonically um like what's the word for that like not ma like not mastered but it's just like it's a it's a really high quality okay uh well one of the things that was different about that was those songs were put together and played live over the period of maybe about three years um and it was whenever we went into the studio it was one of the easier things to record mm -hmm. you know it was one of the ones that just kind of like you know just fell into place as soon as we got in there so you just like banged it out really a, what's that you just banged it out live pretty much yeah pretty much um I would say at least like pre-overdubs you know, like meaning pretty much like everything before the vocals and the saxophone on the one song, I would say there's, we probably recorded the whole record about four hours. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, yeah, whereas like some of the other records we've done were, you know, we'd slave over it for, you know, good three or four days in the studio, like all day, every day. Really? Yeah. So, so you think that it was okay, like... It's just, well, it's just we, we had played those songs live already so many times. Right. It was just easy. Well, and so, and where did you record this record? We recorded that at Plus Minus in Pittsburgh. Okay. Have you recorded there before? Yeah, we have. Okay. Yeah, we record, we record a lot of different stuff on and off there. Yeah. Uh, usually... Uh, it's just been us and Jason, who's one of the engineers there. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think also just we, we've worked with him enough times that there's a lot less questions that come up whenever we go there now. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's just more like, oh, yeah, you, you, you guys again. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just set up. All right, I know what to do. Go. Right. Huh, okay. Cool, yeah, well, it's a great record, man. We had a lot of fun making that one. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the new one. I mean, it's just uh, unfortunate that we have no way to determine when that will be. Yeah, I mean, who knows, the world's probably going to blow up before then. Uh, well, I guess that would, uh, you know, solve that problem for us, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry anymore. Yeah, hey, you, I'm, you know, I've had... 
is it just me or or have you been feeling like these weird like um um uh, issues with mortality recently uh you mean acceptance well like i'm not gonna like i'm not suicidal i, I never felt like i have been um but i was telling my wife this the other night i was just like for like cause she's she picks up on my vibes and so she was like looking at me the other night she's like what's going on with you and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I got really stoned the other night, and I kind of, like, got, a, got out of my head a little too far and was, like, really thinking about mortality and, you know, getting getting kind of, like, psyching myself out about it, you know? Because uh-huh. I, I, I've, I've done that in the past, but, like, you know, for the most part, it's not something you think about. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and so it's just kind of been it haunted me for the past couple of days where I was just like kind of really getting into it just being like oh fuck like what like what's going to happen like what so are, is it is it going to be a peaceful thing or is this going to be like this fucking mutilated thing like you know or like how how bad is this going to get yeah and then like you know there's also thoughts about the end of the world because that seems like a total fucking probability at this point <laughs> like a possibility yeah. you know i mean like i i heard about the asteroid that's supposed to like hit the earth like on Fucking, yes, the asteroid coming. Yeah, but that could be fucking death for all of us. I mean, like they're it saying that be. they're saying that it's small enough that it won't cause any like you know significant damage, like or like any kind of yeah. major catastrophe. But if like if a big rock hurls into the planet, it could fucking be lights out for everybody. Yeah, I mean it's kind of exciting if you think about it. It is. I mean, I'm 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 just wondering if I'm going to look up one day and be like, oh shit, there it is. It's coming. Yeah. And then it's just like, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, just, just think about it, though. It's like, on the upside, we got to experience something that none of our dead relatives have ever gotten to experience. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm waiting for, for the fucking aliens to come out and just kind of introduce themselves, <laughs> or I'm waiting for the asteroid to hit. That's kind of like the two things that I'm just like, these could happen at any moment, and... Let's just let's just take it as it comes and just see what happens, you know. Yeah. Because that that's just I mean, that's not as terrifying as this like you know not knowing how you're gonna die. Like if like if I knew it was gonna be that, I'd be like, oh okay, I'm just gonna wait for the day, just wait for for this thing to happen. It's gonna be. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's that type of thing is going to be the thing that takes us out. There's really nothing any of us can do about it. No, so, no. Acceptance is it's very fast. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry to get too morbid on you. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I just this ended on a great note. No, I mean, it's just hey, it's just how I feel. I just feel like Corgle's going to come down from the sky and just fuck us all up. Right. That's that's basically <laughs> what's going to happen. I don't know. Hey, cool. Man. Hey, well, you know, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that, that it's been great talking to you and uh, getting to, to meet you finally. Yeah. We've been, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of emailing back and forth and uh, kind of getting getting to know you a little bit through that, which has been nice and it's been fun. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure working with you, and as far as that's concerned. Oh, likewise. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I have actually met you once face to face before. Really? At at I think a place called Analog. Analog Underground? That's it. That's it. The record store? I, I, were you there one time? I mean, I've been there. When, when, when were you there? I've been there multiple times. 
I mean, because I don't go to the record stores often. Um, yeah. But I mean, I have been to Analog on a couple of occasions. Uh, I've been there I mean, kind of recently. When 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 did you think I was there? I mean, this is like in, in the past five years. Okay. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I know Dave, it the owner like, there. It, yeah, it seems like you were in there one time, though. Oh, I can't even use the excuse that I was drunk now, because <laughs> usually if it was at a show, I'd be like, oh, I was wasted, man. I, I don't remember at all. No, no, no. It was, it was the middle of the afternoon. It was like 4 p.m. Right, right. right. Okay. Weird. Okay. I mean, it sounds like that's something I would do. Like, uh, like if I was in there. I mean, I, I mean, I know Dave, and that's basically the only reason I go in there is to talk to him. That's weird. So you were on tour, I imagine. You were with the band. Yeah. Yeah. Were all of you there, or did you just walk in yourself? Uh, no, no, no. I think we were all there. Huh. Yeah, it's, 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 I've been up there with a few different bands too. Oh, okay. So I don't even remember which band I would have been with. Weird. Huh. And it was just like a side thing. Like you were just there and it was like, oh yeah, by the way, this is, this is Jay. Oh, all right. Weird. Like, oh, hey, how you doing? Cool. Yeah, very, right, very right. quick. Just kind of in passing. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool, man. Hey, well, shit. I hope you come, come back up sometime and uh, we can actually hang for real. Yeah, one day. One day, yeah, for sure, you know. After the asteroid. That would be amazing. <laughs> if we were the only survivors. <laughs> yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah, or whatever this thing, like this thing that's the size of a refrigerator that, that hits us after the election or just before the election, whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. Cool, man. Hey, Chan, it's been a, a, been a pleasure, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Likewise.